In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today we're going to wrap up our sermon series on the book of Colossians, as you can see in the little video. And we're going to start by going over the first 11 verses of chapter 3. Now Colossians has four chapters, so you might be thinking we're ending a little early, and that's true. But over the course of this series, we've wanted to look at Paul's theme. Theme right up there, Christ is everything. The theme Pastor mentioned in his children's message. So the reason we're going to focus on these 11 verses is because this is where Paul wraps up his argument. So let's focus on that today, that Christ is everything and what that means for our life. So first let's recap just to get everybody on the same page. Paul wrote this book and it was really just a letter to the churches in Colossae. And the reason he wrote the letter is because they were being faced with some, some form of a false teaching. And it was from a group called the Gnostics. And what they were telling these people went something like this. You can believe in Christ, but you also need a little something extra. The gospel sounds good and all, but you need some insider information that our group can offer you. And what they were doing is they were lowering the value of Christ. And we talked about this. It's like if you bought a concert ticket, it's your favorite show, and you got like front row seats, and you get to the ticket booth, and the guy looks at you and he says, hey, looks like you got pretty good seats, but you're really not going to experience the show unless you buy these super secret VIP tickets. So you know he's just trying to sell you something because they probably cost at least twice as much as your tickets, but what's happening in the back of your head? He's lowering the value of what you have. Now you might be thinking about what these tickets actually have to offer you. He's lowered the value of your tickets. When we're talking about Christ, I think to Paul especially it feels even worse. When he sees somebody lowering the value of Christ. And so that's why he picks this theme. Christ is everything. And as we walked through his letter, first we saw Paul talk about our life of faith. Christ was our starting point. He's where our life of faith began. And then in our second sermon, we saw that Christ is also your mission. He went to the end. Christ is where you're going to. And I think it'll help if we think about this kind of like a race, a race that you're running. Christ is both where you start and he's also where you end. And so last week, what we talked about is that middle part. Christ is what strengthens you. Christ is what fills you up. He's what gets you from point A to point B. And today we're going to look at the whole picture. Paul's going to sum everything up and he's going to let us know just how pervasive Christ is, just what everything means, that Christ is our entire life. And so we bo before we get into it, let's talk about that concept of a race because I think it's a good one. And if you think about your life as a race, it's not just any old race, it's probably like a marathon, right? And you've probably heard it before, it might be kind of cliche, so I thought of something a little bit better. What if your life was like a 50-mile bike race? Some of you might know what I'm talking about, but this weekend, if you didn't know, there was this thing called the Steamboat Stinger, and a couple people here actually went on it, and it is a 50-mile mountain biking race. And what some of you probably didn't know is that a couple months ago, I was signed up to do this race. 
because I thought this would make an awesome story when I get back to school. I mean, it's something good, right? Going after a challenge, achieving something great sounds good to everybody, but I have absolutely no mountain biking experience. So this is going to be a problem. But when I found out that they would let me just come to Steamboat for the weekend and have fun, and I didn't have to do the race, I dropped the race. Which was good. But in reality, I dropped it because of a different reason. I found something out the hard way. You see, the bigger your accomplishment is, the bigger your goal you set, the more your life needs to change. And for me, I didn't realize that. I think it's, it's a simple concept, and you see it in many different places. Uh, you want a bigger house, a better car, you're going to have to put more money into it, right? You want better relationships with your family and your friends, you're going to have to dump more time and energy into them. But I think when your goals get bigger, you can get lost and you can lose this very simple concept. The bigger your goal, the more your life needs to change. And what do you expect the life of someone who's about to do a 50-mile mountain biking race is going to look like? They're going to be giving stuff up, right? They're going to be spending hours and hours training to go on this race, which I didn't do. They're going to be excited and motivated to go on, and I didn't even know where to start because I didn't know anything about mountain biking. They're also going to give up other stuff, right? They're going to eat all the right kinds of food, which means it might not taste as good, which I was willing to do, but I didn't. They're not going <laughs> to stay up all night. They're not going to do things like that, right? They're not harming their body. They're going to give certain things up for their goal. And that's a good thing. And now we want to talk about Christ. Christ is everything. We all have a goal. And it's not necessarily the steamboat stinger. But we have this thing in our life, Christ. We have somewhere we want to be in heaven with God. And today Paul is going to talk to us about what that means for our life right now. Just what does it mean as we're living out our lives that Christ is everything. And this is where he starts. Sorry, I went back there. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So the bigger our accomplishments, the more our life needs to change. And now what Paul is saying here, he says it twice, he says, set your mind on things above. He really wants us to do this thing. But I think we'll cover that in our next section as he explains what's happening. But what he does here, and I missed it the first time, is he talks about our life and just how much has changed. It's in verse 3. It's really simple. He just says, for you died. And if you're talking about change in your life, I think death would make the top ten list at least. Think about buying a new car, getting married, getting a new house, switching your careers. These are all things that we see. Things has changed and change is bad sometimes. It can cause you stress. But what about the death you have in a family? Maybe when you're thinking about your own life, isn't death the ultimate change? Something living has totally changed states. It's now dead. 
Everything is different. And that's the kind of change Paul wants to think about when we think about our spiritual life. Because isn't that the reality? You see, when you came to faith, your old way of living, that old life of unbelief, has died. That's the new reality. And it's difficult because, as he says in the end, it is now hidden with Christ in God. That spiritual life isn't something we physically see until Christ will come again in glory, but that's the reality. Your spiritual life, your old way of living, is now dead. So he goes on to say this. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. Paul starts big, doesn't he? He's talking about that life now. Our life is going to be constantly changing. He first brought up what happened when you came to faith, something that's now done, but now as you're living out your life, these are the things you're going to see change. And just like that life that you once lived has died, he also says, put to death these things. And he gives us a list. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. And even though he's writing to the Colossians almost 2,000 years ago, doesn't he still kind of hit the nail on the head when you look around at this world we live in? What this world struggles with? Sexual immorality. People who are coming up with their own standards for what's right and what's wrong. You see it all over the place. Lust. People saying it's okay to look at anyone or anything you want as long as you're not hurting them and as long as you're not doing anything illegal. They're changing what God says, even greed. In this time, in this place where there's so much money, how many people are giving their lives over to it? How many times does it become an idol? And you see, when you look around, you can see these things still at play today. And this list should shock us. Maybe it's the things we're tempted by. Maybe it's the th struggles we used to have. But I think when we look at this list, we also see something else. We might be just a little bit satisfied because this isn't the way we're living now, right? Our lives have changed. The world really can't label us as these things because we're living for Christ. And that might be true, but then Paul goes on. But now you must also rid yourself of all things such as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Paul now gives us a second list. And this might be kind of getting old, but I think Paul is trying to make a point. He's trying to say something as he brings up all of these things, all these things that might hit home just a little too much. And I think he's saying this. If Christ is everything, he's not just the big things. He's also the little things. I'll say it again. Christ isn't just the big things. He's also the little things. And I think this applies to a lot of areas in our life, maybe other than the one we're talking about. You see, Hillary and I just celebrated our fourth anniversary last week. 
And that was no golden anniversary, but four is pretty big. Okay, it might not be that great. <laughs> but every year, we get a chance to look back at what we did. The goals we set last year, maybe the goals we want to achieve this year. And we get to talk about it, and this year was pretty fun. When we were looking at all of our goals, it turns out we met a lot of them. We climbed up a 14er. I didn't think I was going to make it. We got to explore the front range. Zeke learned how to talk and to walk. Might not have been our doing, but he learned it. And more often than not, this might sound like a small one, but we got to eat dinner as a family together, which was important to us. But as we were talking, we also talked about ways we could improve, how the year might have gone just a little bit better. And I realized something, that marriage, that any relationship isn't just the big things, it's also the little things. How many times did I get up and fail to be the leader that I'm supposed to be? How often did I prevent myself from being lazy even when I was tired, make family time a priority even when I get so busy? So you realize that a lot of the little things I didn't do so well on. Marriage just isn't the big things, it's also the little things. How are you ever supposed to keep hitting those big goals unless you're doing the little things as well? And how much more so with Christ? When we look at this list, how often have we gotten angry? And maybe it's just to the point where it ruins your day and you're in a bad mood, but maybe you also lash out at somebody you know. But tell yourself it's okay because they were pushing all your buttons. How often do you find yourself gossiping? And you justify it because everything you're saying is true. How often do you say something that you never would or never should say in front of your children? When was the last time you lied? Because it's really not going to hurt anybody. And maybe none of these things are you, but if you look at your life for just a minute, I don't think it would take too long to see that little thing that you struggle with. To see that little thing that might infect your life. And we quickly realize that Christ, if he is everything, isn't just the big things, isn't just that other list that you can't be labeled with. He's also the little things. But the bigger your accomplishment is, the more your life is going to change. And even though we might struggle with something big, even though we struggle with the little things, because the little things are harder, Paul says something amazing. He says something amazing about both of these lists. He says that they're your old self. And he goes on to say this, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile, no Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. And have put on the new self. See, Paul uses this beautiful image of putting on new clothes. And I'm assuming everyone here got dressed this morning. And what did you do? You took off your old clothes, maybe the clothes that were dirty, and you put on some new clothes. What does Paul say about our life? All those things that we struggle with, we've put them off. And because of our faith in a Christ, a Christ who is everything, we've put, those, we've put new clothes on. Christ has given us 
new clothes, washed in his blood, made perfect and holy. He wants us to know that we are being renewed in the image of our creator, being made more perfect every day. God is working on us, even right now, to be more like him. And you see, Christ is the one who does it all. What does Paul say at the end? Christ is all and is in all. We've been saying it a little bit differently throughout this series. Christ is everything. Christ is the one who looks at us, even though we struggle with something in our life, and he says those big things and even those little things, they're forgiven. Because I came to this world to live a perfect life in your place. Christ is the one who changed his life so completely because his goal was so astronomical that he, God himself, came to live as a human, came to die on a cross for us, and those are the clothes that we put on. We put on Christ's life, and we put on Christ's death, and it changes our life completely because Christ is everything. And now knowing this, knowing exactly how deep it goes, what the, the Apostle Paul says at the end makes a little more sense. He ends the section by saying this, by giving us a picture of that new life. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Paul paints for us the picture of an amazing community that's all bound together and that can't help but show its love to each other. And that's what I see in you at Eternal Rock. Never stop doing these things, but more importantly, Never stop doing them because Christ is everything. And just for some closure, in the book, and because it's my last sermon here at Eternal Rock, I'm going to end with Paul's words as he closes out chapter 4 of the book of Colossians, because I think he said it better than I could. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thank you, and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. I'm not in chains, but Paul was. Pray that I might proclaim it as clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And the grace of God our Father, who gives us his word for your every day, the grace of Jesus Christ, who is our everything, the grace of the Holy Spirit, who has radically changed our lives, be with you. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for giving us the book of Colossians. Thank you for locking in time what those Colossians were going through so that we might think about our lives always through you because you are our everything. Thank you for living that perfect life that you freely gave to us. Thank you for dying on the cross to save us for all eternity. Please help us every day to be more like you, taking off that old self and putting on the holiness you give to us. It's in your name we pray this. Amen.